What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Around the Paddock. I'm your host, Seb. How's it going? Alongside me, I've got my wonderful co-host, Nico. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? And like always, you guys already know, we've got your VIP paddock pass to all things F1 from this past week. And a little bit more sometimes. But this Maybe a week, bit more. This week is a special week in the yeah. F1 calendar. And maybe not so much as racing fans, because I wouldn't say the glamour of this was <laughs> the racing, but more so the glamour no. of the glamour. But it's Monaco week, baby. Yeah, it's not the best race, but, you know, it is Monaco. So it's it is Monaco. always, like, it's fun. It's Monaco. It's, you know, the the glitz and the glam, the luxurious, yeah. the celebrities, you know, yeah. that all come out in full force. Um, yeah. Although I still think probably more celebrities showed up for the the uh, Miami GP than the Monaco GP, I'm going to be honest. Maybe well, not so much money, but American celebrities, I'd say. I, I, yeah, I, I never tend to know a lot of European celebrities, but yeah, a lot of American celebrities were in Miami. But I mean, like, it's Monaco, man, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the greatest Max Fosch was in the Miami GP. Gotta give a shout out to him. Shouts out to Max. Yeah, shouts out to him. The almost mayor of London. If it well, weren't for well, well, Nico. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, I was gonna be like Nico was the almost mayor. That's, no, that's Max, like Max would have been almost if it wasn't for, you know, the the leader Nico Amalana. So shouts out to Nico as well. You know, yeah, part you're part of the the NDL, the Nico Defense League. So that is true. Yeah, you're an honorary member. I'm a full fledged member. Yeah, I'm a reservist. I'm a reservist. Yeah. Um, but yo, let's just uh, let's just hop let's right just into the hop formation right into lab. It? I know we have a lot. To- yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I know we have you a lot to... Did you get that cleared to, uh... by, by uh, Philip? Sorry? Did you get that cleared by Philip? No. Franco? Uh... But there's a lot to talk about in particular about the race weekend. So yeah. the formation lap will be short, but it is well, worthwhile because... And you can you can well, get us started, Nico. Wait, wait, redo that. I want to go like make that transition smoother. Just uh, say what you just said. Uh, I was just blacking out. I, I'll, I'll try again. <laughs> um, we got a lot to talk about for this Monaco weekend, but so we'll keep the formation lap short. But let's go and talk about Kimmy, the one true god, the Finnish, the Iceman, the Finnish, the Flying Finn, the Flying Finn, or the second, the god of F one, the man who's driven more than anyone else ever. Give Alonso some maybe. time. Yeah, maybe probably Alonso beats him. Um, so Kimi, the Grand Camino, the man born from the planet Camino, will be making a return to driving. And I know you know this, but maybe the audience don't. But he's going to be at NASCAR. Ooh, NASCAR. Yeah, it's going to be a one-time event, though. Yes. So it's not a. Uh, he's not going to actually be in NASCAR. He's just going to. You know, uh, moonlight in NASCAR, I guess. Um, so it's gonna be at Wheatkins Glen, which is, I guess, a race. Watkins, Watkins Glen. Sure. Watkins Glen. And I know uh, Kimmy is no stranger to NASCAR because no, he, so did he, did, he did do a two-week two-week stretch back in 2011. 
Yeah, um, after his like first Ferrari, right before he came back with Lotus, I think. No, I think that's actually before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Lotus was twenty twelve. Yeah. So I think after he was whatever his contract was finished when they brought in Alonso. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was in NASCAR and doing like rally and stuff. So I, it was yeah. during that time. He also did a junior series in NASCAR. This is what I was thinking for the truck series for the X- Xfinity series during uh, another detour from F one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So he he's done. You know NASCAR. The thing is though, um, is these cars they're not like the old cars like it's not what you would have driven back in 2011 the new nascars have like more technology to them they're like closer to a like a supercar than a than a stock car right okay they can be have a lot of a like a bit more of an easy time like they're closer to like indie cars um in like interior wise so like you might have a bit of an easier time to it but yeah so you're just gonna do a one-off race it seems like it's in august well it doesn't seem like it is in august and (laughs) It's going to be for, he's going to be racing for Trackhouse Racing Sim, which seems for everything I can read is like a newer team, but it's like a celebrity-ish kind of team. Like, I think they like, what I was reading is like, they're going to try to bring in like more racing celebrities. I see. Okay. It'd be interesting. Yeah. So he's going to be racing. Trackhouse. Yeah. So he's going to be racing with Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain. Chastain. Okay. Okay. Um, Shouts out to Suarez and Chastain. Yeah. Just to uh, plagiarize some of Kimmy's quotes, um, you know, quote from him. Uh, there was a lot of things involved, and it makes sense for me. It's one race, so it makes sense for all uh, all of us as a family. I always enjoy when I had my few races in the United States, and so it kind of seems like he just kind of one kind of wants to this race, but just be in America. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, like I know he retired to be with his family and stuff like that. But if you're if you have the chance to like compete in like yeah like a one off event or something, I mean yeah. that's not gonna take all no. all your time. You know, you're, like you'll have to prepare. But even the preparation, yeah. like, and I'm sure like he's getting like a like I'm I'm sure he's might be doing this for like something. But like the team's giving him something, so it's like you know it's it's kind of like a vacation where you just have to work one day effectively. Yeah, and obviously I know I know Kimi racing racing is his hobby right so yeah he's he's got to go and uh and practice his hobby yeah honestly this kind of sounds like the greatest vacation ever like imagine if we were like if you got called up from like the dominican and be like hey come do a like a a two-week vacation with us in the meantime you get to do a bit of go-karting we'll pay you like would that not be sick though yeah i'd be there in a heartbeat yeah no kidding so the cool thing is, it's so a kind of reading. So this is a quote from one of the sources I was reading. It's now that Kimmy has like started the program with uh, Trackhouse Racing. Who else do you think they could actually get out? Do you think they maybe can get like Lewis or Max to do like a stint, like a one race with with this team in NASCAR? Well, probably not Max because I see him like just one hundred percent focused on F one. Um... Like, same with Lewis right now, too, right? Obviously, yeah. if Lewis retires, I could definitely see somebody like Lewis get trying his hand out at it. Um, yeah. Alonzo, 100%. Alonzo, you would see that. yeah. I could see him doing it, too. They should get... Uh, what's his face? They should try to get, see if somebody like... Rosberg? Or Kvyat oh, yeah. or uh, Giovinazzi would, would be interested in doing something like that. Well, I know Giovinazzi is busy with Formula E, but uh, I, I don't know... Oh, sorry, uh, not... Like Antonio is busy with Formula E. I don't know what Kivyat's up to these days, but yeah, like Hulkenberg and them. It would be cool to see them do like 
one-offs for uh, for NASCAR. Yeah, it'd be cool to see Trackhouse literally be a team where they'll never win like a drivers like a drivers championship, but they might win a constructors because they just keep bringing in like celebrity drivers. Like that'd be cool to see. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if bringing in like F1 drivers or other category drivers for like one race will make them win against like NASCAR drivers, but no, I, but I think like they would, cool. they would definitely get the most press, right? Which is like, you might not be winning the most, but you would win like, like the hearts, the hearts and of the like, people, the hearts of the people. Like, it, like imagine if like, like I mean, he is still racing. I think about like Montoya, right? Like he got called up. Um, yeah, true, and he did race in NASCAR before, so he has raced in. Hey, Prost is still alive, eh? Alan Prost? No. Yeah, he is, but he's yeah, he old. Is. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Imagine if Alan Prost was called up. I'd be surprised. Hmm. He just accepts. He wins it. Uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be <laughs> surprised, but like, that'd be that'd be legit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is fun. I mean, I'm down to probably watch Kimmy beat everyone just for Kimmy. Just for just for Kimmy. I mean, I was also watching what Haas did the NASCAR. Uh, yeah, NASCAR as well, and they were they invited. Uh, what's it called? Um, Shumi and they came out oh, to yeah, do some, yeah. some laps and even they said like the, the other drivers were saying like these Formula 1 drivers like know their stuff like it wouldn't take them long to like be winning races if they really tried to that's true because yeah I, I, I remember the video as well and, and they did say that so yeah I guess if, if a NASCAR driver is saying it then like you know there yeah. there is validity to that claim yeah and it wasn't just one it was a few so like yeah yeah, Kimmy, if he really wanted to, he might he might actually just win this thing. Well, let's Dang. hope so. That'd be awesome. He just comes back. Like, that would be the ultimate uh, power move. Just, like, retire mm-hmm. from racing, come back for one, destroy the competition, and then you're like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm done again. <laughs> no, no, that'd be the second most power, biggest power move this year. The biggest power move, hands down, was K-Mag last minute coming into Haas, then scoring points. Yeah, that's true. That, that's, a yeah. Big, that's a big power move. That is a big battle. But yeah, that's all I really have for the uh, the formation lap. You know, Kimmy's back in NASCAR for a little bit, for like one race over in August. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say we uh, should probably hop to the main the main race because I know there's there's a few talking points, and you want to you know, jump right into it. As always, um, I guess I'm gonna be the one to. I'll do the quality results this time. You can do the race you results. Sure? Yeah. All right. Because we'll switch it up. You did quality last time. That's true. I did. So I'll do quality. And obviously, for for those that have been listening for the last couple of weeks, we'll know what to expect right about now. So in first place, we have uh, the crown jewel of Monaco himself, Mr. <laughs> Karl Leclerc. Okay, number one. So, hometown boy with the pole position. Yeah. Now, can Ferrari make the right decision? We'll see. In second place, we have son of legendary rally car driver, Carlos Sainz Sr. Carlos Sainz Jr. So, Ferrari won two for quality. So, obviously, good result for them. Um, In third place, you have the tire whisperer himself. Mr. Checo Perez. And in fourth place, you have Maximum Overdrive. So, Verstappen in fourth, which was actually surprising. I don't think I've seen Max finish that 
low in qualifying in a, in a while. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes to show for his consistency. But I think in the last, like, at least year, I would even, like, stretch it to two years. I don't think I've seen him qualify that low without, you know, some kind of issue happening, right? Yeah. Um, I will say Max could have actually improved on his time and qualified a little bit higher. But at the end of quali, uh, Checo and Carlos Sainz kind of crashed and blocked the block the track so the session it was right at the end of q3 right so the session was about to end anyways um but it prevented it prevented a few drivers from putting in an extra lap yo checo knew what was happening man he he, he did not do that on accident he, he pulled him the and carlos the schumacher yeah it's just like yeah. oops sorry well my bad oh, it's not turning it's not turning <laughs> actually our king latifi did that but i will talk about that later <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, in fifth place, you have the destroyer of tonsillitis. Now that's a new one because Senor Lando Norris. Apparently, it turned out that he had tonsillitis last week, and he's still kind of fighting it off this week. But he still qualified fifth, so I will give Lando a shout out. That's that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, I think even last race he said that it was like the worst race of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So feels bad, but. In sixth place, we have Georgie Porgy putting pate, so still <laughs> consistent. Um, in seventh, the Spanish Minister of Defense, Fernando Alonso. And he actually makes the patty in the Mercedes Alpine sandwich because in, in eighth place, you have Sir Lewis Hamilton. No. Oh. Yes. Uh, no, it's, the, it's a bit unfortunate. Yeah, you know, it's a bit unfortunate that it's a Mercedes patty, not like an Alpine patty, because you could have like delicious like brioche french bread on the outside and like really good like like a german like uh sausage kind of meat in the middle but instead you have like okay german breading and like i don't know if the french make good like sliced I think ham the french make good uh smoked hams and stuff oh fair point so it's like an okay bread with really good smoked ham and i think it's pumpernickel french but uh german but pumpernickel bread is good is it i've yeah, never man. had pumpernickel Hey, the world's got a lot to offer in terms of foods, you know? Yeah. All right. You've convinced me. It's pumpernickel and smoked ham. Ninth place, you have yours truly, Seb. Yeah. Uh, shouts out to wow. Vettel because he actually drove. He had, a, he had a good qualifying with the, with the Aston. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. And in 10th place, we have Estebanana. So we have Ocon <laughs> for Alpine, rounding at the top 10. And then in 11th, we have the Hokage Yuki Tsunoda. But in, which Hokage? Number now, 11. Like the 27th? 28th? <laughs> um, yeah, the 28th Tailed Beast. No. Uh, the 797th. Kodoha's favorite driver. No. In 12th, you have Battery Voltas, the robot. Battery? Yeah, Battery Voltas. No. 13th. That's kind of cool fog, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> 13 you have kevin so k mag qualified 13 14th we have sad pickle rick noises because our, our boy pickle rick did not have a good quality it's almost a second off lando which is not Man. good that's yeah that's really bad and 15th we have mickey d so schumacher 16th, we have Albano, so Alex Albon. In 17th, we have Pierre 
Gasly, but actually, in I, I said it with not a lot of enthusiasm because he was the opposite <laughs> of Gasly. He was Pierre Brakely. Um, no, but he had, he had a bad quality. I mean, honestly, I I would wager like I'd put Pierre's weekend more towards AlphaTauri strategy than anything else. Um, yeah, which is not proven to be very strong. But yeah, he had a bad quality, so seventeen. Man, he's had a bad year so far. He's not been as it's not had as as many opportunities as as last year to to really rake in the points. No. Oh. All right, um, we're in the red zone. Yeah, so the bottom three. So Lancelot, Vancelot, Fridge Refrigerations, Stroll <laughs> in 18. No bueno. Um, rounded up by his fellow Canadian, his king, actually, our king. <laughs> king of the okay. 19th place. No. Allowing his subjects to go in front of him so that he can keep a watchful eye over them. No. But not Joe Guan Yu, because he's 20th. And Latifi's not keeping yeah. an eye on him for some reason. But I think he... They, I, I can't remember if he crashed out or if he just had to retire the car, so... I th- yeah, I think... I, I, can't, like, I don't remember the quality all too well, but I, if I remember correctly, like I think Gasly had like an issue, and I think Joe had an issue. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, so he qualified I mean, 20th. like, he did nine laps, right? So it's, yeah, it's true. But yeah, that's... Uh, or maybe not, because Pierre ran... Ten, I don't know, but he, hmm. he didn't make it. That's all. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. So that was the quality. Hopefully everybody yeah. remembers the exact order of starting. I hope you wrote it down because now Nico's going to give the race results and it's just going to okay. throw it in a frenzy all over again. So I'm going to give everyone homework right now. Okay. Tweet at us what's changed. But you can't you can't look at the, the like the internet or like anything. You just have to like live tweet while you listen to this. Who went up and who went down? If you get it right, I will give you a high five that's that's it <laughs> all right <laughs> all right so el champion and i do say that in spanish 25 points checo yep becoming the most successful actually mexican driver in f1 history so good for him i think it's yep. what his third race win yep shouts out checo yeah wait i should say um Que padre, Checo. Que padre. Uh, Felicitaciones. Felicitaciones, Checo. Feliz Navidad. Feliz cumpleaños. Yeah. No sé. Pues feliz cumpleaños a tu hijo. Yeah. Oh, you see? Yeah, I did say in the last episode, like, becoming a father just gives you, like, superhuman powers <laughs> as an athlete. You, you become a dad, and you're, you're winning. So, Max and Louis, what are you guys doing? You just need kids. That's no, it. No, maybe maybe we just don't know it, but they're winning like at least last year they were winning oh, every other oh. race. It's like what are they popping off that we don't know? Yeah, that's true. Yo, um yo, Lewis, what what did you do for the last eight years? We need to know. Honestly. Yeah, what what is that Prince Albert really? <laughs> I said I would bring it up when it's appropriate. <laughs> it's cannonball. <laughs> uh the most disappointed is uh Spanish man ever, Carlito Sainz came second. Feliz Navidad, Carlos. Feliz Navidad. Uh, Feliz Nuevo Año, because you did not win it. Although That's he wasn't too years, bad off. Two was, years in a row that he finished second in Monaco. I know. He was a second off, though, which isn't too terrible. So, oh uh, yeah, then Max came third. Maxi Path. No, Max. Max came third. Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Maximum overdrive is better than what I was going to say. 
Uh, I was gonna say maxi pad, but guys. <laughs> uh, Charles Le Leclerc came fourth. Um, yeah. Then you had Georgie Porgy fifth, which my God, he's I think the most consistent driver week by week. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I, I have I have a See, few more notes on that fifth? for after. I have a few more notes for that for after. But yeah, yeah he had a I really... think he's been fifth every single time. Yeah. Fifth or higher. Yeah. Mr. Norris. Mr. Yeah. What did you say you had? Tonsillitis? Yes, yeah. Mr. Tonsillitis Norris came sixth. So, you know, he's clearly getting over it. Here's the thing, all right? So, from sixth to seventh, you had a massive jump, all right? So, Norris was 12 seconds off. Sergio. Okay. Yeah. Fernando Alonso came seventh. 46 seconds behind. I also have some notes to talk about that after, too. But, yes. Yeah, well, we have this brand new fancy technology called an Excel sheet where I can actually, like, look and, like, manage the numbers now. Don't tell anyone. Um, so, yeah, then you had Lewis after at 8th. And then Valtteri Bottas at ninth, which kind of saddens me. I kind of wanted to see Bottas beat Lewis, but, yeah. Lewis and Bottas are, are a package deal. They're, they're together. Yeah, they all. really are. I bet you the the the, the year Lewis retires, the Botas is just gonna retire too. <laughs> yeah. Because like, how hand. can like, where's Botas gonna finish last? Like, no, first. I don't know. He's gonna have to like, he's gonna have to retire. Botas, you're gonna have to retire, my man. Um, but yeah, you had Seb tenth, Gasly, who I think was the driver of the day for me, definitely. Um, yeah. Eleventh, and then Ocon twelfth. Rick. Also known as the man McLaren, uh, McLaren's probably going to dump soon. 13th. Then you had the two Canadian boys, Lance Stroll and Nicolas Latifi, 14th and 15th in that order. And then Latifi was also the first person to get lapped. Then Joan Yu and then Yuki at 16, 17. And Damn. then three, a triple DNF. And if you haven't heard one team, you know why my soul hurts. <laughs> yeah. Alex Albon, 18th. Mick, then Kevin, 19th and 20th. Yeah, not 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 the best weekend for Haas. No, one broken car and then one broken engine. True that. All right, I do have a quick point. I don't. I didn't put it in the show notes, but I do want to just Let's start with it. it so we don't forget. Um, but two two specific things. One. Yeah. Maybe maybe one. I might have forgotten the other one. But one is definitely, <laughs> at least for this race, the the TV feed was kind of doo-doo in terms yeah. of what you saw and didn't see. And I learned, I didn't know this, but Monaco has their own broadcasting group. Like Really? F one F one does the broadcasting for like every every race, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's Monaco, all based on England. Yeah. Yeah, but in Monaco it's its own crew. So it's different. Wow. And That's then bizarre. They they suck, man. They didn't they didn't show any of the of the cool stuff. Like they didn't show when Kevin, excuse me, when Kevin Magnuson uh, retired. I had no idea that he was out of the race until Mick crashed, and then they showed yeah. Kevin in the paddock without his like race gear on. No, yeah, it's like yo, what? That's so bizarre. Like like F one poured all this money, like the technology to like be able to like broadcast in like live in the country, send the signal back to England like edit it and then send it out to the world like in real time like why is monaco the one like the one guy out 
because Monaco can fight money with money. Yeah, but I mean, I guess what I expect from like, to, like China to do, right? Like when they do the Chinese GP to have yeah, their but own they boxes. They also have but, like the clout of the historicness. Yeah, but I guess I guess Monaco just has that kind of money and influence over F1. It's true. It's true. Mm. But yeah, I just wanted to say the the TV direction was was not good. It was not good. No. And if this yeah, is any you, indication of anything, just give it to the F1 guys, man. Honestly, they just should. Those guys know what they're doing. Like, they've made mistakes, like the drone. But, like... Yeah, but those are experimental mistakes. Not mistakes exactly. of not showing the race that's happening. Right? Like, we were talking about, like, Pierre Gasly probably had one of the better races. He was overtaking people left, right, and center. Right? I think yeah. he had the most overtakes. Um, I think he did. Seb also had a few overtakes. Uh, like... Mick Schumacher and Albon were, were fighting at one point. Like, we didn't see any of that. We only saw the replays. I mean, I, I only seen some replays after the fact on, on Reddit and online and stuff, right? Yeah. But during the race, like, we didn't see any of that. And I bet you some of the replays were actually done by the guys back at, like, like F1. Not necessarily the Monaco guys. I don't know. Probably. Probably. So whenever we see the, the onboards video, like, when F1 does their onboard video for Monaco, we're probably going to see stuff that we didn't even, like, notice in the race yeah so honestly yeah, yeah. we should just give it up to uh, just give it to uh the guys the british no i i agree i agree overall the feed pretty disappointing um but other than that i guess we'll we'll hit the few points so yeah Checo, let's just jump into the first point Checo, Checo victorious <laughs> yeah right I, like, I know yeah. we kind of mentioned it, so shouts out to him because he, he held back signs for, for a lot of the race. And those they last did. few laps, signs was really trying to go for the win. So he managed he it looked, well. Signs looked so sad, disappointed during the, like, when they were getting the trophies and stuff. Like, I've I never know. seen him so sad. <laughs> I know, I know. Good <laughs> <laughs> to come in second place. Yeah, but he, he, hasn't, he hasn't won a race yet, you know? So it's like, I know it must be it's burning true. inside him. Because. Leclerc is basically beating him every race that he does well, and this was a, an opportunity, right? No, it's true. I think he might have like seen when they messed up his. Well, I'm not gonna say that, but I think he had like he was thinking like, man, this is the first and best opportunity I'm gonna get this year to like actually win. And yeah, I still want Checo to win, honestly. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad for him. Obviously, I feel for Carlos, but I know his time is 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 just around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you mentioned that he was now the most successful Mexican driver in terms of wins, mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of yeah. hilarious because this is his third win. So, you know, three three total wins. But Checo's been in F1, I think, for the better part of a decade at least, yeah. right? His first win came in 2020 in Sakir, right? With, yeah, with Racing Point. And then one last year and then one this year. So literally in the last three years. So he's been in F1 for like 10 years. And only in the last three years has he become the most successful mexican driver like he he's got his three wins i just thought it was funny no yeah it's it's nuts man like good for him but it like really shows how like f1 cards are like almost like it, the, the terminator like the termination of who would win actually just comes from like who has the best car like who did engineer the best car it's true it's true and just being able to take advantage of opportunities that's what checo did in 2020 right when he was with it's true cars. yeah that secure race was amazing yeah it was wild and like russell could have won it if it wasn't for mercedes messing up right so yeah you got to be there to and, take and, advantage. and like the pop tire at the end that's yeah that's what i mean right like you have to yeah. you have to be in contention to take advantage of any little thing that happens 
Um, yeah. But yeah, and then we go from a highest of highs, which is a Monaco win, to the lowest of lows, which is... I would argue the inevitable. The Monaco, the Monaco curse <laughs> of the Monaco boy. <laughs> oh. He's like, what's going on? Can we just make that a thing, please? The Monaco curse of the Monaco boy. It, it, I don't need to make it a thing because it already is. No, like we're name it that. that. We're naming it that, yeah. but like we're we're backtracking that name to you know <laughs> a couple of years because the Monaco curse of the Monaco boy is uh is it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. You know, at this point, I'm gonna be honest. I'm surprised the Monaco like government hasn't just taken his driver's license away f- away from him. Okay, like I'm so- worried genuinely that when he just drives on his own in monaco he just ends up crashing at this point or like having something fail or mess up but okay yeah because i was gonna say that's a little bit misleading because it's not like he crashed he actually finished this is the first home grand prix that leclerc is able to finish in his professional career okay which has been a few years which has been a few years yeah and he finished in fourth which anybody would be happy to have finished in fourth yeah But, but he started he qualified first, and he was leading the race for a good portion and of it. And it's Monaco. And Monaco is notorious for being a very difficult track to pass. Like the eighty percent of the race is won in qualifying. Qualifying yeah, first. Yeah, true. Um, I I have more to talk about what happened <laughs> specifically. I'm gonna save that for for later in the in in the podcast. Yeah. But essentially, because Verstappen finished third and Leclerc finished fourth, uh, Verstappen's leading the championship by, I think it was nine yeah. points, nine or ten points. Um, yeah. So in the last two races, like, Ferrari's just kind of blundered it. And now, you know, yeah. Verstappen's, well, Verstappen's fast. I'll give the listeners a little, like, heads up on the future. So there was an ice cream truck that passed by when they were doing something, something, and something, something, distracting the uh, the engineers. That's what happened. Really, or, or you know, some some circus animals because the Ferrari strategists are clowns. <laughs> All right, that was pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I have more to talk about that, so I'm not gonna yeah. go too into it here. But you know, good for Checo, Lorenzo. and you know, we feel for Charles because that was uh, yeah. rough. Lorenzo Stroll just like came into the room and just like, guys, guys, here's an elephant. <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure you know he's also he's also a bit of a clown is all i'm saying the elephant in, oh no oh poor <laughs> no not lance not lance uh what's it called his dad oh lawrence yeah lawrence yeah you won't you won't find yeah. me complaining about that no um, <laughs> but now let, we, we're moving to the choo-choo train nico and you 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 can tell us about uh, the newest train conductor in F1, Fernando Alonso. Man, he has all the jobs. He's the sunset of the Spanish Empire. He's the experience, baby. Yeah. Oh, the the Alonso experience? <laughs> yeah. The Fernando experience? Yeah, the Nando experience. The Nando experience. <laughs> yo, he might have to fight Nandor. <laughs> yeah. Yo, F1 car versus Chew Toy. Chew Toy still wins. Okay, so let me exp- let me let me give the uh, detailed story of the Nando or the Nando experience. So, Nando, Alonso, uh, stayed on the wets as long uh, for the longest, like basically as long as he could have. Um, but because he's the probably the most skilled driver, no one could really overtake him easily. 
but he was also slower because you know the wets are just slower tires so he basically held up like everyone behind him like lewis back and alpha tori and botas and k mag and mick and my hopes and dreams he held them all back um which <laughs> man just like benefited everyone else because they just made a massive difference so when i was saying the there was a difference between like lando's time and alonso's time of 12 seconds to 46 seconds that 30 ish seconds there was basically just Alonzo holding everyone back with, with weaker tires. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's also Monaco. It's not like him being on that was going to change anything, but like still. Yeah, no, it's, uh, he, he was pretty happy with it. He said it was, you know, really easy <laughs> to hold everyone back, especially Lewis. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure he's happy with that. But yeah, he definitely was the conductor for for a long train of cars that were not uh, able to pass. No, who was the caboose? Uh, I I don't know. I can't remember. Well, I mean, I guess we can. Look I don't even know where a caboose goes on the train. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was Danny Rick. Danny Rick. Yeah, because I guess we're just clowning on him for poor performances. So he's the caboose. <laughs> so no way. So the caboose is, is the end of the train. Oh, so it was uh, the Hokage. The Hokage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It was Yuki. Yuki was the caboose. There you go. Thanks yeah. for looking it up. <laughs> and I also want to say, yeah, that thanks to Esta Banana having a penalty. <laughs> For colliding R. with R. Lewis B. at the end of the race, he yeah. he dropped a couple places, which meant that Seb was able to squeak into the points in tenth place. Um, yeah. I know he lost some positions early on in the race, so he was kind of battling uphill. He finished eleventh, but obviously when when Ocon uh, got yeah. promoted in, in places, then then Seb was able to go in tenth, and yeah, he scored points in Monaco. So pretty good weekend yeah. for him. I'm happy to see him score oh, yeah. some points. Yeah, this is his. Uh, is that his first points? I don't think so. No, no, but no. better than no but, points, I guess. As an Aston Martin, true, fan, yeah. you know. Only if, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, only imagine your team having a racer with no points. Could you? Because I can. Oh yeah. Well, there's. <laughs> yeah, I think Mick's the only one with no points. So yeah, damn. Mick's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get there by the end. Yeah, he will. He will. But yeah. still, damn. Yeah. No kidding. Especially with the car he has, it's... Yeah. 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 Uh, I... So, I know your driver of the day was Pierre Gasly. Oh, yeah. 100%, man. Like, so... Pierre killed it. Yeah. I know. Uh, so, he had really poor qualifying. So, Alpha Tori was just like, hey, you know what? You know what? Maybe we're going to try some kind of alternative strategy, you know? Everybody's yeah. on the full wets. We're going to put you on the intermediate. I don't know why I'm I don't know like <laughs> I don't know why I'm making that voice, but maybe because yeah. they're like Italian. But that's that's a really yeah. poor Italian impersonation. So, I'll just do my uh my paddock impersonation when it's just like, "Hey, Pierre, why don't you come in here and get a change of tires from the west of the intermediates?" And then Early on, he was on them, and obviously the intermediates at, at that point in the race were when the track was a little bit drier, was a little bit more... Well, for a while, it was 
equal pace to the full wets, but there was definitely a, a window where they became faster. And yeah. I think he went from like 17th to, and he finished in 11th, right? And to make up six places in Monaco, yeah. brava, bravissimo. Oh, yeah, yeah. So driver of the day um, for you. Driver of the day for me, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd put Checo as well. Up, the driver of the day. Yeah. So I actually looked it up. There were 12 overtakes in the 2022 Miami GP. And only two of them were shown on the broadcast. <laughs> oh, oh, do you mean Monaco or Miami? Sorry, Monaco, yeah. Oh, okay. And only two were shown? That. Yeah, see? Yeah. Oh. So one, two. Four seem to be ghastly. And that's not that's not easy. Especially in a place like Monaco, it's not easy. Yeah, sorry, three. Three seem to be ghastly. True. Good for him. Yeah, actually, I think Vettel might have been the guy with the most overtakes. Not really surprised. Yep, Vettel had the most. Yeah, not surprised. He's, he's, he does he always does well in street circuits, and especially when it rains, so... Yeah. yeah. Shouts but out Sad. Gasly still. Shouts out Gasly, and shouts out Georgie Porgy. Yeah. Oh, and Joe. Joe also had... He was tied for most. Hmm, true. So, you know, I can't, I can't give it to just, you know, Vettel. Fair enough, fair enough. Shouts out to mm. Joe. I know, yeah, he and Sainz had some crazy saves in the wet. Uh, yeah, oh my god, his save was amazing. Yeah, so no, it was it was, it was, it was cool. It was cool seeing them adapt mm. to like the rain and stuff like that on, yeah. like whenever they came out of the racing line, you know? Yeah. And then the last point, which I shall steal from you, is Georgie Porgy Lemon Croissant is now mm. he used to be Mr. Sun uh, Mr. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Then he became for a little bit Mr. of nothing, but now he's Mr. consistent because he's finished P5 or higher in every single race so far. Yeah, 7 races in, I think. Yeah. Which is incredible. I know, man. I yeah, know, especially like... everyone was like clowning on the Mercedes car, like it still is ugly, in my opinion. I don't know if I put express his opinion on the podcast. I think the Mercedes car is ugly, but like, man, like he's really done a lot with it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, I'm glad you agree. It's ugly. <laughs> yeah, well, I, and I agree with uh, the Georgie Porgy statement too. Yeah. Because um, yeah, he's been out qualifying, out racing Lewis, out racing yeah, other that's people, the right? Thing. Like he's been keeping Mercedes up in that fight. I think he's like third or fourth in the drivers' championship. Yeah. So no, yeah, I am yeah. glad he's 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 there now instead of uh instead of Williams. Like he's really showing. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly surprised he's just like consistently because it is consistently consistently beating uh Lewis. That's what I mean, you know. Yeah. Like last year, had you asked me that, and I would be like, "Oh, of course not. You probably need like two or three years." Yeah, honestly, and and then it's just like right away for him. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think those were those are pretty much at least our drivers of the day. I think the ones that did that performed best. Yeah. And, so uh, do you want to just jump right into the cooldown lap? Yeah. So I know you got something for us in the cooldown lap. So I'll, I'll let you I do. lead with it because I really don't know about it as much as you. Yeah. So Philip DeFranco, please don't sue us, but I'm gonna always use this. Jump right into it. Okay. So, for the cooldown lap, I actually, because I, I kind of just 
not learned about it, but learned about it, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, but okay. <laughs> I, I didn't just first it, but I hear about, about it. it. <laughs> no, it's like better said, I didn't first just hear about it, but I just learned more about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. That's So um I actually want to talk about like Formula E versus Formula One. Because I think Formula E has some things that are just fundamentally better than Formula One. So I'll get there. Okay. So I'll give you a bit of a brief on it. So Formula E made its debut back in 2014. It's part of the FIA, so it's part of the same organization as Formula One. Okay. Okay. So unlike Formula One, which has 21 Grand Prix, I think this year, um, Formula E, I think, only has 12 countries. Yeah, it only has 12 countries hosted by the E-Pre, the Pre, uh, last year, which isn't too much, right? It's 16 races overall. Okay. So it's, it's, it's less than Formula One. Um, and unlike Formula One that does tracks, like, uh, like dedicated racing tracks, Formula E exclusively does densely populated cities. Um, th- like, there's multiple reasons for that. One of the reasons is because, like, you know, more attraction, more people are likely to see it. But the other part of that, and the part I think is actually really cool, is they only race in cities that are actively fighting to counter climate change and reduce air pollution. Yeah, I saw that. That was that's cool, actually. Yeah. So, like, say there's like, I don't know. I'm just gonna pick on a a, a city, any city. Let's see if it's not already here. Yeah. So let's say, um, Kolkata, India, right? Like one of like it used to be india's capital it's notoriously not like the the it's like a, it's a really not like india's a nice country but this is not necessarily the nicest of cities yeah um, they have a lot of like air pollution issues and stuff like that or like new delhi which has a ton of uh, air pollution stuff like that formula you might not go there because they're not necessarily implementing a lot of like air reduction policies like you, there are no china tracks for example because they also have like poor quality air but you do see them, for example, New York, right? New York City has a lot of green policies. Uh, Vancouver has probably one of like, the most progressive cities when it comes to like you know climate change. Yeah. So I think that's actually really cool. Uh, and because of that, it's it's actually managed to attract some of the largest car manufacturers, not just like teens, but car manufacturers in the world. So they have Audi, BMW. Jaguar, Mercedes, Nissan, and Porsche. Okay, that's, yeah, those are big, big manufacturers. Really big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, as a bit of a comparison, the Formula E car isn't quite as fast as F1 cars. So, F1 cars can reach a top speed of, like, 400 kilometers an hour on average, like, roughly. Like, I'm rounding up a little bit. Yeah. Where Formula E cars can only hit 280 kilometers an hour. However, that doesn't really matter as much if you're doing just city circuits, right? Like, you're never going to actually reach a maximum unless you're, like, in Miami or something, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the other thing they do differently, which I'm not as big of a fan of, but I understand kind of why, given the limitations of the technology, each race is only 45 minutes. So they have 45 minutes running on the clock where they race, and then after 45 minutes are up, they do one last lap. Yeah, okay. Right, which you know, I get it. It's it's a it's a limitation of the batteries. They can't do two hours like Formula One. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Forty five minutes yeah. probably makes for like high intensity action, though. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Like you're going to take bigger risks, which I'm actually going to get to. So I think F, like Formula E, from my understanding, from my reading and from watching some clips, even with you, yeah, like there are way, way bigger risks that are taken yeah, because you have a smaller saw a time frame. crashes and like bumps and stuff like that. Yeah, it, like you even commented, it looked like a bumper cars. Because you saw a car literally drive over another one just to get through like a blockage. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. So the difference is, right, so with F1, you know how you have to like manage your tires. Formula E, I don't think has the issue of managing your tires, but they have to manage their batteries, right? So they can actually choose when to use more or less power, right? To like attack. So it's kind of like DRS. So they don't have like the DRS flat, but they can actually be like, I'm going to use more power for this overtake. And they can just use more power and overtake people or choose to reserve power, right? If they're yeah. like coasting a bit more, which is cool. And like the audience, actually, when you watch it, they can actually see a, pa- a battery percentage. So like True. you can actually see like as the audience, you can actually see like where the cars are at um, charge wise, which actually I think is really, really cool. And like if the teams like mismanage it and the cars don't finish the race, they don't finish the race. Oh yeah. Oh, I do. I do remember there was like a specific. Yeah, there was like a specific race where uh, there was some like mismanagement based on like a red flag or something. Eh? And yeah, then like half the grid or something like half that. Half the grid like barely like wasn't able to finish basically because they lost power. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that's really cool. Right. Like it gives it like bigger, like a more intense feeling. The other cool part of that is, right? Unlike pretty much every other. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say like any other formula, like any formula type uh, racing, the cars are all stock, right? So it's a bit more like NASCAR in this aspect. Yeah. The cars are stock and oh, where is it? So yeah, so the chassis and battery pack, they're the exact same for everyone. So there's no like spending $500 million to make one. The only things the team can actually design are the powertrain, which is pretty cool which includes the motor, transmission, and inverter. So how well your motor performs and stuff like that, how well yeah. you're able to like utilize it, which, yeah, it makes sense, right? Like It's like hard for a team to like make innovations in like battery technology, but they can do it for like motor and transmission technology. So it's really cool for that part. True. No, that is yeah. that's actually not bad at all. And it, like I said, yeah, no. it's good for, yeah. for the development of the technology. Yeah, yeah, and also the cars are smaller too, which I actually really like which we'll get to on a point I'm going to say make later, but exactly. the cars are also physically smaller. So they actually do kind of look a bit more like like cars compared to F1 drivers or yeah. F1 cars. And the feature, the main feature that I think makes Formula E cooler, and I think you could in theory implement it in F1, and if they do implement it, I would love it. It's called attack mode. So you kind of know what attack mode is, right? A little bit, but you should explain okay. it again. I'm, yeah, I'm going to explain it because I was actually reading into it more. So attack mode is an area on the track that's designated and the drivers and them know about and have to like the before the race they'll be like you have to hit attack mode the attack mode zone three times so it's a part of the track right and it's off the drive uh, the uh like the racing line so it's like you by leaving it you're gonna be like making yourself worse off but you have to go for it yeah. but if you hit a t- uh, the attack zone mode your car so it's software right gets a boost so your car can do a lot more for like four minutes say right so once you activate it on your steering wheel your car unlocks for four minutes 
like or i think it's four minutes it actually might be a bit longer than that but like more power so you can physically get more out of your motor so you like if you use it wisely you can like get it go back a point or two and then in the, like an area of like that you know it's good you basically have like free drs for four minutes which is nuts okay okay right that's like actually a cool concept i like that that's like a, yeah. yeah like mario kart and stuff when you have when you it's go it literally is like mario kart like right power boost yeah 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 yeah, yeah, but they phys- they like purposely put it off the racing line, so it's like it's like Mario Kart, but it's like Mario Kart, but you have to take like the strategic risk off that. Yeah, yeah. The other feature which I don't like it's called fan boost, and I'm not gonna go too much into it because it's kind of self-explanatory and it's kind of stupid. But it's like there's a vote before each race, and whoever gets the most votes get a boost of power during the race. Yeah, and it's a big boost. Yeah, that's that one is kind of lame. I agree. Yeah. Um, like I get why they might want to do it because they want to bigger fan interactions, but it's not the way to do it. Yeah, because it just becomes a popularity contest, you know. Like then. Yeah, I mean, not like so much about like the, the skill of the drivers. Yeah, I mean, like why wouldn't the teams just like run ads all the time, being like, "Vote for us for fan uh, fan boost and help us win," right? Like. Yeah. No, it just seems like yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if Ferrari, if this was an F1 and Ferrari did that or Mercedes did that, they would always win. I mean, they always do anyways, but like, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. No, I, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And like, yeah, so I don't like that, but I think the attack mode is is brilliant. And I actually think they could implement this in Formula 1 because it's just like a motor, right? It's an electric motor and F1's going more and more and more like sustainable and electric and stuff like that. Like imagine if they had like, because they do have like small electric motors on their car, right? Yeah, like I think it's the Euric system, the energy reduction capture system, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so the, they uh, have. Imagine if they had an attack zone where that motor would be able to output more energy. Like it was software locked, and they went out to it, and then like when they go to use it, they can actually unlock even more power. No, I I really like that. Honestly, the uh, yeah yeah the having to recharge and who knows, man. Like that would be cool if it's like I know you said it's software, but if for the future you can implement roads that'll like charge your vehicle yeah. while you're driving it right yeah so that's how i thought it worked at first where it was like a plate that charged your car but it's not but yeah just imagine if it's like an electric electric like coil underneath the road and as soon as you drive over it like charges up like a specific battery in the car and then you get to use all that energy yeah yeah so yeah so they while they do have 16 races they only race in like a select few countries so they race in saudi arabia and a city i cannot pronounce i apologize but i'm not gonna try yeah uh, mexico city rome which is actually really cool and what i will actually argue is a better race monaco so they do race in monte carlo and yeah. i've seen formula e in monte carlo it's better than formula one because the cars are smaller and they can actually race yeah i know exactly uh, yeah I bet. yeah yeah so it's all right then berlin which is actually really cool uh jakarta uh vancouver like i said new york like i said london and seoul oh man they should come race in toronto yeah but again they're only going to race in countries that are actively counteracting climate change and reducing air pollution me and you both know toronto is not really doing that montreal <laughs> montreal oh yeah Montreal would be cool. They have the track Ottawa? there too. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's trying, I know that. Yeah, fair. No, but that that's cool though. Honestly, um 
yeah, and I know you told me a little bit about that. So, <laughs> excuse me. It it's worth checking out. Like I know a lot of people will clown on Formula E and stuff, but yeah. I have heard some good stuff and and yeah, it's it's more based on the driver's skill and management of yeah. the battery than like uh discrepancies between vehicles and, and teams, right? So, yeah. And like the also part of it, like it's it's the sport's only what, like 8 years old. Right? It's true, it's true. Formula it's so 1's new. been around for like 75 years. Like yeah, there's gonna be stuff that isn't that polished. It's like it's gonna be bad ideas. Like look how long it took F one to have a good qualifying setup. Right? Yeah, and like, people still like uh criticize the, the the current one. So I know what you mean. Right. So yeah, yeah, like Formula E is gonna have some issues. But you know. Also, the other thing I was gonna say, Formula E. So one of the reasons Formula One can't go all electric right now is because the FIA gave Formula E exclusive rights, I believe, to use battery, just battery technology, till like 2026. So one of the reasons F1 can't go all electric, at least at this moment, is because Formula E holds that that distinction. I see. Okay. okay. Yeah. So. So it's like an experimental yeah. uh, formula. Kind of, yeah. Formula E for experimental, not electric. <laughs> Yeah, well, experimental of electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I think it's a, it's a cool thing. I like that the tre- the races are also shorter, right? Kind of like sprint. Like it's Formula E is basically what if sprint qualifying. Yeah, which you know I'm a fan of. So yeah, yeah. yeah no, true. No, yeah. that's uh, that's that's really cool. Obviously, to anybody that wants to check out Formula E, check it out. I know uh, there's there's some. Uh, well-known uh, drivers that had a shot at Formula One or drove in Formula One. I know, like Stoffel Van Dorn, Nick DeVries yeah. is there um, um, right now. Uh, Antonio, Gio, Antonio, Gio, yeah. baby, he's uh, he's there. Yep. So Nick DeVries really ought to be an F1 though. He's too old now. He's like 27. I mean, is I know DeVries 27, but yeah, he's he's older. You know. Damn, I thought he, he was like 22. Yeah. No, no, he's he's older. So there's like a lot of younger drivers that like can have more time, you know. So once you hit a certain point, it just it's hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, twenty-seven. Yeah, he might be a bit too old, but so, he's racing for Mercedes, so you know. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have to <laughs> specify where, but you know. <laughs> it's true. Racing for Mercedes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, with that, and and oh, obviously to the audience, like, let us know what you think about Formula E. If you if you want to watch it, if you already do watch it, what is it? What is something specific that you like about it? Right? What do you want to see implemented? What do you want to see taken out? You know, you can write to us on our socials around the paddock podcast on Instagram, YouTube at gmail dot com, or on Twitter at atp underscore pod. We'll we'll check them. Eventually, yeah, we'll check them. Eventually, well, we'll, we'll see. check them. Probably, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's just go to the shunt of the week because I know we're we're kind of getting to the the end of the of our time here. But for the yeah. shunt of the week, I did mention that I was going to talk about for uh, Ferrari and Leclerc come, going from first to fourth, and the shunt of the week is the Ferrari strategist clowns master plan. <laughs> master plan um 
but I'll just basically give a gist of what happened. So yeah, Carlos Sainz, once the, tra- the track started drying up, uh, there was a period, obviously, like I said, with Pierre Gasly, where like the intermediate tire worked. Some teams um, tried to extend their stint on wets a little bit longer so the track yeah, dried like a bit more. There was a point in the race when there was like uh, cars out in full wets and intermediates and on slick tires, right? So all three yeah. tire compounds were being used, which is actually really cool to see and, and not something that you see often. But Carlos Sainz for Ferrari, he kind of called it pretty early on that he wanted to switch to slicks. So the Red Bulls, they did the, the wets to intermediates to slicks strategy. And Ferrari yeah. did an extended stint on the wets and then switched to, to their hard tires for the slicks, right? So yeah. Sainz started calling it when they should box to switch. And apparently the team kind of took a long time to decide on what the right tire and, and lap to, for, for the drivers to pit. So they kind of took a little bit long uh, uh, in the deliberations for that. So whatever, yeah. they called Sainz in and then they're like, okay, we're also going to call Leclerc into pit as well, right? We're going to do, I think they were going to do an undercut uh, when the overcut was actually the more successful strategy. But yeah. they, they, Leclerc's radio uh, engineer, pit now, pit now. As soon as he's rounding that final corner, like where the pit entry is like right after the corner, right? So this guy's basically turning the corner. He hears mm. pit now. So obviously like he passes the pit line and he goes to do it. But yeah, of course. Signs was pulling up to the pit at that moment to get his tires changed. So obviously Leclerc's engineer changes his mind instantly. He's like, stay out, stay out, stay out. Yeah, but it was late. already too late. Like he'd already passed the line. He was already yeah. on his way to the pits. So, I mean, Ferrari ended up double stacking, which Red Bull also did, but Red Bull was prepared for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of impressed they didn't completely mess up like the tires, like which tires to who by that mistake. No, I know, I know. I was surprised too. They were they were ready to go with both tires to their credit. Um, yeah. But Leclerc had to wait a little bit for Sainz to finish and go. So he lost three seconds of time. And yeah. that was enough for... Checo and Max, basically, who he was racing to make up that time on track. And when Leclerc came out of the pits, he was in fourth place. Now that, yep. that was it. Like he, yep. he lost, and he lost his, his spot, his an opportunity. Yeah, and I want to just point out that he's less than three seconds behind Checo. So you know, he's probably always also held up. So like, yeah, he that was definitely the reason he lost. Yeah, yeah. If 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 they yeah. did it normally, like he would have, he would have won the race. Like I don't think he yeah. wasn't making a mistake at all. This guy was ready to finish and win this race, right? He was finally ready to break the curse, but the curse wasn't ready to finish him. That's it. That's very well said, good sir. Because yes. that's literally what happened. And yeah, so the shunt of the week for me goes to the Ferrari strategist because they they blundered it, man. Like they they messed up pretty hard. At least Signs came in second. They were able to get a driver on the podium, but they could have had. They they wasted a one two. Yeah. So, Mattia Binotto, you got homework to do, my friend. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And then you want to give this the the other shunt of the week? Yeah. To the next shunt of the week is to all Canadians. Oh no, sorry. Um, all Canadian drivers. <laughs> Basically, all Canadians. Uh, all Canadians. I mean, we who who is like all Canadians. All Canadian drivers and all Canadians who are subjugate who are subjects of Latifi. So that's everyone. because uh, yeah, they had accidents during like the safety car. Latifi's 
I saw his interview after, and I'm going to say it might have not been his fault. It actually might have been a car failure issue, but regardless, an yeah, accident. Yeah, the TV's sure. a bit of a car failure. So, I yeah, mean, yeah. What are you saying? But... That, like, he pressed the brake, but the car accelerated forward. So, like, there was a mix up in something. Yeah. But, yeah, so they had accidents during, like, safety car and during the formation laps, which meant they needed to pit soon as soon as the race started. So, Latifi crashed against the wall, damaging his front wing. Stroll also hit the wall, caught tire puncture, and they almost took each other out on the pits. Yeah, honestly, it's the Battle of Ontario versus Quebec <laughs> on track. Oh, they're just seeing who could make a bigger mistake. That's how big the rivalry is. No, it was, yeah, it was ridiculous, though. And, like, of course, it was the two Canadian drivers, you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, wow. I also want to now reject my proposal to make an all-Canadian F1 team. I cannot have strong Latifi. <laughs> yeah I'll also, someone else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know i'll go make like an all Gask team but then i also will never get points in monaco <laughs> oh wait no 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 i know i know i know i know an all icelandic team nice wait no and antarctic team there we go i'm gonna make an all antarctic team i'm just gonna say nice to whatever you propose at this point yeah my uh my my genuine nice you left behind with one of your other suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> so now now I'm just rolling with the punches. Just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's every that's all the shunts. Canada and then it's Italy. Yeah. Canada, yeah. Italy, Ferrari. But yeah. So with that said, man, that's that's pretty much all all we have for this uh this week on around the paddock monaco weekend next week is baku i think yeah and we love baku i know i love baku so yeah that's that's a nice track i'm looking forward to it and and we'll see how it goes um baku's gonna be a lot of fun you have anything to tell the audience before we take off um oh yeah um joel glad to hear that you can uh that you're able like people can visit you in the hospital hope you get better yeah shout out to you joel yeah Our also i'm getting a lot of soon. yeah i've been getting a lot of boom tubes in rocket league in your name this is a reference that very few will get but we do it for you man all we right we do dude. it for you well with that being said i would just want to take the time and say thank you to everyone listening in um hope you guys all have a good week and we'll see you again next week Peace out. Bye. Let's just jump right into the end.